you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Cool. Would you all stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's Word today? We are going to go to Genesis chapter 21, and uh, we're going to read this together here. This is verse 1 through verse 7. Then the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at the time that God said it would, and Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. For who would have said that Abraham said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given birth, I have given Abraham a son in his old age. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, help. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Man, this one. I, uh, the Lord had to really begin to speak to me about this message and about all the discomfort that a lot of, of you are in in this season of your life. I pray that this sermon finds you as it has found me. I didn't full understand the gravity of this message until the Lord really started speaking to me late last night. And um, some Sunday nights, Saturday nights, he just wakes me up again and again and again. And last night, I just kept dreaming about this sermon all night long. It was really weird. Because I feel like the Lord wants to say something to you about this. My man was 100 years old. Can we just talk about that for a second? What in the world? And of course we're all going to laugh with, with Sarah. I mean, this is crazy. And uh, she was 90. And I just think for a second, how many things are in your life right now that God has placed in your heart that you're having to wait for? And waiting is brutal. I mean, Thanksgiving is coming up. And I can't wait for cranberry sauce and the turkey and the mashed potatoes covered in gravy. And, and they have to be right. Like, there's just something nostalgic about it. I wasn't trying to put this in the sermon. I just think about things that I'm waiting for, and I can't. When I put the bird in the oven, I have to wait, oh, my gosh, so long. But good things are worth waiting for. But the Lord has put things in your life that you're going to have to wait for. And some things are worth waiting for. But how difficult the warfare really is in the process of waiting. I don't know what it is that you're trusting the Lord for. What dream? What significant other? What miracle? What provision? But I want you to know who the Lord is. Time does not make him nervous. It makes me nervous. I'm in line at the deli, and I'm freaking out of my mind. How long is this going to take? Because there's there's one more person in front of me. Time 
ticks for us, doesn't it? When you're at a red light or you're in light, like I don't know what situation or circumstance has you waiting. But the Lord isn't nervous. hundred years old it took for my man to come. And that moment when, the, when they gave birth to Isaac was such a significant moment to him. That moment was great. You need to know they dreamt about it for years and years and years and years and years. They thought. They, 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 they meditated. But even in that moment, the work just now starts. There's things you're dreaming of that you, you don't know the work that's about to follow. But I want to rewind it back because for me, this moment was so significant in his life. But what's significant to me is the work prior to the moment that we dream of. Because it really is about character. It really is about maintaining the course. It really is about consistency. It's about us having character and integrity and being who God's called us to be long before we ever arrive at the moment. I don't know what God has placed in your heart, but it's important that we dream. So I want to rewind it back just 25 years. Oh my goodness, 25 years ago, my man Abraham had a dream. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4, we read this last week. I want to kind of take you to the beginning part of this when Abraham was minding his own business when God spoke to him. Now, Abraham is important because right now he's going to be in the news. Every day we're going to read about Israel. And everything. you need to know that this is the father of many nations. And many nations are warring right now over a piece of property that was given to Abraham. And then given to Isaac. And then given to Jacob. And then given to Joseph. Uh, more importantly, Judah. And it, it, what you need to know is that all of this comes down to this guy. And why was this man so significant to the Lord? Let me take you to the interruption. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Now here, all we know is he's married and he has family. He doesn't have children. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. It's also important that you know that he's called to leave his country. He's going to a place he's never been before. And this is radically difficult when God calls you out on a limb to do something you've never done. Others. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with content. And all of the families on earth will be blessed through you. Let me just rewind this conversation back three weeks ago when I told you guys how significant it is when our church blesses Israel. You remember that? Yep. Some of you were here, and I said, hey, we're going to take an offering for Israel. I, I, three years ago, when we decided to start giving money to Israel for the first time, it changed the finances of our church. Amen. We took an offering three weeks ago, and all of a sudden, when you know, the biggest month we've ever had in church history because when we bless Israel, God blesses us. And those that curse Israel, I'm just telling you, stay away, man. Stay away from those conversations because it's going to get muddier and the conversation is beginning to build about people that want Israel to lay their arms down. 
It's not part of this message. It's just a little nugget for you uh, to know all of the world will watch. It's here prophesied over Abram. I'm going to keep going. All of the families of earth will be blessed through you. Verse 3, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. That's just bonkers. Uh, now in verse 7 it says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse And Ai to the east, and he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. We can see one of the things that made Abram so significant and special to the Lord that everywhere he went, he sacrificed. Everywhere he went, he worshipped. Everywhere he went, he wanted to honor the Lord in his life. And this is something you'll see all through his life. He's different than everyone else that exists on the planet at this point. But God promised him a family. Now he's 75 years old. Even the notion of this is crazy. I want you to know when God puts a dream in your heart, be careful who you share it with. Because many people will laugh at you. And it's because they're too insecure on their own to dream for themselves. Many people will look at your dreams and go, that's silly. I can't believe you would do something like this. We have one of my friends who's a missionary is here with us today. And I remember when the call of God came on her life and everyone said, you're crazy. You can't do that. And I thank God she didn't. She, she didn't listen to everyone else because of how many people she's been able to affect and the life that's changed because she didn't listen to everyone else telling her when God put a dream in her heart. When God puts a dream in your heart, you have to obey. You got to go. You got to give up. You got to leave. You got to sacrifice. There's only one at the end of our life that will matter whose opinion will be significant in our life. Amen. Anyways, Abraham left. And he sacrificed. And the Lord promised him that he would give him descendants. Now he's 75 years old. Now I bet you this dream was long already in his heart. But this is when the Lord began to speak to him about it. There's things that God has said to you a long time ago. But now he's turning the waters and saying it's time. It's time. It's time. But it's not time. We know that it's not time. He's 75. He's not going to have this boy till he's 100. This is really unfortunate for people like me. Now, what you need to know is I've only been a Christian for 25 years. Can you, I can't imagine when the Lord said, here, I'll make you significant, but you have to wait until he does. And what does he, what does he do in the meantime before God gives him this promise? He's, he's worshiping. He's sacrificing. Let me take you into scripture a little bit further. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 18. And after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west. I'm giving you all this land. So as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and he settled down near the oak grove belonging uh, to Mamre. And there he built another altar to the Lord. 
He's building another altar and another altar and another altar. And what you need to know is, since the last verse that I said, when God originally told him that he'll give him descendants, more than a year has lapsed. I mean, there was a whole season. Then there was a famine in the land. They moved out of Canaan, down to Egypt. They were down there for at least a year where he accumulated more wealth, moved out of Egypt, moved back up. And then they had a whole season of harvest and him and Lot separated. He gave Lot whatever place he wanted and he'll take the leftovers. And he goes and God's beginning to speak to him again after he builds an altar. He was a man of worship, a man of integrity. Watch this. Oh man, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. What is so special about this guy? I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 13 to a difficult, uh, nope, I already said that. I'm going to take you to a difficult conversation that's going to happen in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 6. So sometime later, what we know is that he's a man of worship. And what we know is he's a man of, of, of generosity. He gave Lot the option of picking what land he wanted and he would take the leftovers. What we know is that he's a man of great sacrifice. How do we know this? Because he, 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 was, he, he, he was the first in Scripture to tithe to Melchizedek. Before it was required to us, Abraham tithed, and God blessed him through Melchizedek. What you need to know is that he was a man of great sacrifice. He was the one that offered Isaac on the altar after he was born. He was a man of great sacrifice. How do I know this? Because when God spoke to him about his other son, uh, uh, he, uh, Ishmael, he said, I want you to circumcise your son and your entire family. He was 90 years old when he took the obedient commandment to be circumcised. I could just stop there. I don't want to get into that conversation, but that's ugly and requires a crazy amount of obedience. He worshiped, he was generous, he sacrificed, and he obeyed the Lord. Again and again and again. But there's another ingredient here in Scripture that sets him apart from everyone else. And I think it's important that we maintain this ingredient in our faith. Are you with me? Hopefully, I got you leaning in a little bit. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6 says this. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision. And he said, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and reward you, and your reward will be great. This is like another couple years later. It's like, come on, Lord. Thank you. I love this. But what about, then Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good is all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me your children, you've given me no children. He says, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant of my household, will inherit all my wealth. But you've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. I don't know if you can feel, but he's a little disheartened. Like he, he's frustrated. Like, God, what about me? You ever, you ever got a, a, this land? He's got all this property. He's got all these possessions, but he wants one thing. It's already been 10 years. And this happens, and the Lord has this conversation with him. And the Lord says, no, your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. So then the Lord took to Abram outside and said to him, I want you to look up in the sky, son. Look up in the sky and count the stars if you can count. How many descendants will you have? Let me just stop there. It's like God keeps telling him, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, 
You're going to. But tick, 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 tick is the clock. I remember when me and my wife got married and she would tell me about this clock that, that women have. I'm like, what? I don't know about this clock. Where, where's all this clock? We got to have a baby soon. This clock is ticking. I'm like, oh, I don't like this clock. I got a clock on myself. I get anxiety when we're three minutes late for, for, for going to the supermarket. Like I have to be on time for no reason at all. But I have, I have a clock on my own going on the inside of me. And the Lord's like, hey, again, I'm going to give you this, this child. And there's the calendar. Is the pages are turning. And when, God, when, when, when? And it's like the Lord just keeps saying it. Some of you have been with promise where God said, I'm going to do this in your life. I'm going to do this in your life. I'm going to do this in your life. And you just keep reminding him what he's going to do. You said it. Great. When? Mm. I promise I'm talking to someone here today. And then the Lord says this to him in verse 6. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness because of his faith. Abraham believed the Lord. We know he was generous. We know he sacrificed. We know he worshiped. We, there was a lot of great things about him. But what you need to know that the Lord adored was that Abraham believed him. He trusted the Lord. He had faith. This is an ingredient that is incredibly important to Jesus. One of the things you need to know about believers is we believe. We are people that believe God can do anything. Anytime he wants, any time of day, there's nothing that God can't do. And I need to remind people here to awaken your faith because we believe. He can cast out devils. He'll heal the sick. And you need to know he's mandated us to be his instrument, his voice, his people with calling. We're oracles of God. We echo what the word says. Amen. Yeah. And I just... Man, I don't know if the promise that God spoke over to you is important or not, but you're going to have to contend. Abraham believed. This is a quality in every relationship that is essential. Well, I remember when I fell in love with Teresa, one of, the, one of the reasons why I loved her and her, a person of integrity, a person of character, a person that like, like she fought for the, the same faith that I had, and I saw her ministry, and it set me apart. And I knew, not that I could trust her, but I could trust the call of God inside of her to always carry us. Trust is important in every relationship. If you're going to walk with the Lord, you got to trust Him. Watch this. Without Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not like kind, it's not difficult. No, no, no. If you don't have faith, you cannot please God. And Abraham had this, like in his DNA, God said, hey, I'm going to do it. And he said, I believe you. And it was accredited to him as righteousness. What do you believe God for in your life? We are people who believe God can do anything. And he can do it through you, which may be even more difficult. He can do it through your spouse. That may be even harder. 
He can do it through your children. He can do it through your parents. He can do it through that one relative. God can do anything. I want you to remember, he used a donkey to speak. What does he want to do in you? Because there is an equation, there is a dance where we do it together. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to just figure out how do we rebuild our faith to believe like Abraham? Because we know that he received when he was 100, which is crazy. But God spoke 25 years earlier. And some of us want to give up on the Lord in a week. Come on. How do you rebuild your faith? Three things. One, uh, 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 Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says uh, that, 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 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. If you're in a season where you want to know if God is with you in your promise, read the word of God. This is not a suggestion it is the number one way that God speaks to his people. And when you begin to read the word, faith activates inside of you. It agrees with the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, you start knowing what things you didn't know before. You start seeing things you didn't see before. You start knowing you can stand, you can walk, you can prophesy like you didn't have faith before. Read the word of God. Number two, it's through fellowship. How do, you, how do you restore your faith? Number two, through fellowship. Watch this. I mean, in the Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith, um, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's the faith chapter. Right before he gets to the faith chapter, he tells us how to maintain our faith. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 23 says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Can I get an amen? Verse 24, let us think of new ways to motivate one another to acts of love. Let me just stop there. Let's think of new ways that we can motivate one another. Why? Because I need to activate your faith. I need to motivate you to be who God's called you to be in your faith. So I'm begging you to figure out how to get together and encourage one another in the Lord. The, to, to, to acts of love and to good works. The next verse, listen to this. He says, in verse 25, he says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, now, today, that we know, we just talked about this, that the day of the Lord is drawn near. How do you encourage your faith? Believers believe. How do you build your faith? You read the word. You meet together, especially now that Israel's at war. Because there's a trumpet about to blow, y'all. The third way you activate your faith is you pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know how to pray as I ought. So I stir up the gift of God and I pray in the Holy Spirit. I have to keep going. Is this good so far? All right. For everyone else, it's, it'll get gooder. It'll get gooder. Okay, uh, what else you need to know about believing? Uh, we are people who believe God can do anything. Uh, to, be, to be a believer means to believe. We trust, we believe, we have faith that our future, our finances, and our family are covered, not because of what he's done, but because of who I know he is. 
And then I just would lean this on you. If you're looking for, you need to be memorizing scripture in your life. Always. Because it's, it's how we combat doubt is by truth. I replace lies with truth. Truth is not how I feel. It's not fact. It's faith. It's the word of God. That is, that is where I'm going to hang my hat. Here's the very first scripture that I memorized in, in God's word was Proverbs 3, 5, 6. It says this, uh, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and depend not on your own understanding, but in all you... I, I'm memorizing in NIV, I'm sorry. Seek his will above all you do and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. There is a reality that you're going to have to abandon your understanding. I, one of my favorite movies when I was younger was The Matrix. Super, super cool movie. And the reality is this guy had to, had to be born again, and he had to unlearn things in that life taught him that was not real. And the, the thing is that life is going to teach us feelings, that we shouldn't trust people, or that we can't do that. Or we, you need, we, we, what we know is that we must learn to trust the Lord with our lives. And everything he says, we just obey and we do. So God told Abraham to leave your country and go to this place where I'll show you when you get there. He didn't even tell him where to go. He just told him, I'll show you when you get there. And I'll give you a family. And he would tell him again, I'm going to give you a family. And he would tell him again, I'm going to give you a family. And he would tell him again, I would give him family. But here's what gets difficult. When you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. There's this uh, worship leader, his name is Jason Upton, and he said that one of the greatest warfares of our time is waiting and being. Because being who God's called you to be while you're waiting for God to put you there is radically difficult. Because your character will get tested as you're waiting for God to do what he's about to do. It happened to Abraham. It happened to Abraham through his very wife. I was so proud of two members of my church yesterday. They were facing a big decision in their life, huge decision, and God spoke to one of them. And they said, we're not going to move until God speaks to both of us. I said, oh, that's very interesting. Turned out he did speak to both of them, which I'm really happy about. And they both agreed, which is even a miracle. Uh, and so I'm sorry when I get excited about weird things. But in this story of Abram's life, his wife got tired of waiting for the dream that Abram had, and she came up with a bad idea. Oh, heavens, <laughs> if you don't know the story, oh, it's important before you act, man, you hear God. Be radical about learning to hear God's voice. You were designed to hear God's voice. The scripture says that my sheep know me, and they know my voice. And you need to know that your father, your creator, the lover of your soul wants to speak to you. He is speaking to you. But learning to hear the language of heaven will be like learning a new language. You're not going to learn Spanish by just tripping into it. But you will learn it by studying it, by caring, by looking, by practicing. And the language of God is something you'll have to practice leaning into God's voice for your life. Anyways, I'll take you there really quick because she came up with a stupid idea. <laughs> Ten years passed. Dude's 85 now. 
That's just crazy that he's already waited 10 more years. God, you told me we were going to have kids. I'm 85. When are you going to do it? And like so many times in Scripture, people try to help God. He tried to help the Lord. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. So she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. And Sarah said to, said to Abram, Now the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go sleep with her. So perhaps um, I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. And Sarah took Abram's wife and uh, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. Uh, so this happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. And, but when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to mistreat Sarah with contempt. I'm going to skip down to verse 15 and 16, and it says this, The son of yours, this is the Lord prophesying over what is going to be Ishmael. you got to hear this, because I think it's pretty wild how God is so powerful. The son of yours will be wild as an untamed wild donkey, and he will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. What you need to know is that these people are so hell-bent on being hostile that their mission is to wipe everyone else who doesn't have their faith off the planet. It's crazy talk. And the Lord prophesied about it years and years ago. I'm going to try to wrap this thing up here in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. When I'm going to, I like reading it out of my Bible, not on paper. Genesis 1 uh, through 8. Genesis 17, 1 through 8. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said this, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I don't know what I did, Rich, I'm sorry. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. And I will make you a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. And at this, Abram fell down, his face down to the ground. And he said to God, this, and then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of multiple nations. What's more, I am changing your name. You will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. And I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and the kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with your descendants. Uh, and then I wanted to read one more verse to you. I don't know what page I'm on here now. Verse 15 through 19. Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai, for now her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her, and I will give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of the nations will be among her descendants. And Abraham bowed to the ground, and he laughed to himself in disbelief. How can I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. How can Sarah have a baby when she's 99, 90 years old, 90 years old? So Abram said to God, 
uh, Ishmael will live under your special blessing. Uh, may, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth uh, to a son for you, and you will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants with an everlasting covenant. For I, as Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked, and I will make him ex extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished Abraham uh, speaking, Abraham, uh, he left Abraham. And uh, so I would just close with this. I don't know where you're at in your life right now, but I know that God um, does have a plan and a purpose for every one of you here. And learning to trust the Lord with the direction of your life is complicated. Learning to trust your life with the things that matter to you is difficult. To trust Him with your resources, with your home, with your time, with, with your finances, with your family, with your children. But when we look at the life of Abraham, the one thing that marked him is that he believed God when God spoke to him. And I would just encourage you to learn to trust the Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is the Lord of our life. And He is faithful. And He will fulfill what He promised you. But it would start with Him moving in your heart and in your life even today. Would you do me a favor and bow your head and close your eyes? I love you guys. And we pray for you every day. And I'm so motivated by what I see God doing in the majority of you. I want you to know that God has a plan for all of you. And if you're here today and you're wondering, God, what about me? I want you to know the Lord loves you. He knows where you've been, and he knows where you're going. He has the perfect plan for you with the perfect timing. And what he wants is for you to follow him. Abraham had to leave his home country to follow the Lord. And I don't know what you have to leave behind, but it's most likely a life of sin. There are some things in your closet that don't please the Lord. And you're going to have to let that go. Will you abandon your life to follow Jesus? He has good things planned for you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the love of God that is here in this room. I thank you for your forgiveness and how you wash our sin away. I thank you for your loving kindness. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you know that God is calling you to make changes in your life today to trust him with your life, this is called repentance. And I want to pray for you. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, will you raise your hand right now? God bless you. 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 Jesus. I see your hand. God bless you. You are worthy of it all, Lord. 
You're good. Lord, we are trying to trust you with our lives. We are here today recognizing that your spirit is moving here among us. And we're trying to surrender to you and your goodness. You are the Lord, and we will follow you. Forgive us, God, of doubt. Forgive us of sin and disobedience. Forgive us of rebellion. Forgive us of selfishness. Wash us of our sin, Lord Jesus. Wash us of our sin. I thank you that your spirit is here. Lord, would your spirit move in our lives? Would you speak to us about dreams unseen? Would you lead us? Would you give us godly fellowship and open the scripture to us? Give us a hunger for your word, God. Give us a hunger for your word. And I just thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, love you guys. I'm so proud of what God is doing here among us and uh, excited about some of the updates that's happening. It occurred to me this morning as we were starting um, a meeting before church, this is one of the last services we're going to have in this building, you know? We only got like two months left here. That's kind of cool, you know? And so I'm thankful for these moments with you. They're precious. I'm excited about what lies ahead. I love you guys. When you walk with the Lord, please know that you're always going to step into the unknown. He's going to lead you into places you've never been before. And that's good. I love y'all. If you need prayer for anything, we'll have some people down front uh, wanting to pray with you. We love you. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.